Chapter Thirty of the Ordeal of Elizabeth. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Chapter Thirty of the Ordeal of Elizabeth by Anonymous. Several weeks later, the Halleck poisoning case was still, so far as the general public was concerned, an impenetrable mystery. For a day or two, various clues were investigated, with a great appearance of zeal, and then a lull fell upon the efforts of the police. Their final investigations, if they made any, were conducted behind closed doors, but no results appeared from their labours. The coroner's inquest was postponed from week to week for lack of sufficient evidence. The public grew impatient, and clamoured that someone should be arrested. It did not seem greatly to matter whom. And then there began to be strange rumours of influence exerted to conceal the truth, of suspicion which pointed in such high quarters that the police were afraid to continue their search. These rumours were still comparatively new when Eleanor Van Antwerp took up one day a scandalous society journal, one of those papers which no one reads, but whose remarks, in some mysterious way, everyone hears about and came across a paragraph which seemed to her at once insulting and inexplicable they say it began with this conventional formula that certain highly dramatic developments are to be expected soon in the famous poisoning case the evidence that the district attorney has collected is now said to be complete and to inculpate rather seriously a well-known beauty the lady is related though on her father's side only to one of our old dutch houses and was introduced to society where she was before entirely unknown by the representative of another old knickerbocker family under such circumstances her success was certain not content with taking the town by storm she made special capture of a certain prominent society man and eligible party to whom her engagement was announced this gentleman has however according to latest reports left the forlorn beauty and fled to parts unknown what did it mean the hot indignant color rushed to mrs bobby's cheek and then retreating left her deadly pale she took the paper to her husband and pointing out the offending paragraph she stood beside him as he read it her dark eyes fixed intently upon his face and seeing there to her dismay more indignation than surprise well she said as he looked up at the end tell me what does it mean it the editor of that infernal thing ought to be horsewhipped he said fiercely she put the remark aside as irrelevant why that should have been done long ago but what does it mean she persisted holding to the main point he put the paper down with a sigh it means what it says eleanor i'm afraid he said she stared at him a shade paler while the dread in her eyes grew more pronounced means what it says she repeated then it isn't merely a wild concoction of the kind they're always inventing it's more than that i'm afraid bobby rose and began to pace up and down they do say nasty things he said apparently addressing the walls or anything rather than his wife 
her eyes followed him with an intense anxiety as her white lips barely framed the question at the clubs he nodded yes there and at other places besides at the district attorney's for instance you don't mean she began incredulously that they suspect her yes mrs bobby sat down as if her strength suddenly had failed her but that's absurd impossible she said after a moment perhaps but it's the impossible that sometimes happens mrs bobby was silent in incredulous horror and he went on after a pause you see she's in a confoundedly unpleasant position there are all kinds of queer stories going the round they say now that she was secretly married to halleck that he had some kind of power over her at least and then having every motive to get rid of him being engaged to gerard bobby said his wife in a horrified tone how can you repeat such disgusting gossip i'm only telling you what they say said bobby apologetically i don't wish to know it bobby held his peace why should she have any motive said his wife after a moment's reflection when her engagement was broken they say but i thought you didn't wish to know i don't but i suppose i must know what do they these disgusting people say they think that gerard found out something which made him break the engagement as for the poison that was sent before you know bobby said his wife with a little cry you don't mean to suggest that she that elizabeth van vorst she paused as if at a loss for words and bobby concluded the sentence sent the poison he said quietly no i don't suggest it not for a second i don't believe it even he cried with sudden emphasis but there are other people who who do both then they must be fools bobby made no reply where she said in a moment do they suppose she got it the poison that they don't know as yet but they know or think they do where she got the flask there's a shop in brooklyn where they sell others like it he stopped well she said what of it i dare say there are a good many shops where they sell them the man who keeps this particular shop said i believe that he sold one on the twenty-third of december to a young woman thickly veiled rather tall and with wavy red hair her hair isn't red said mrs bobby quickly some people call it so you know said bobby she was silent hundreds of women have that sort of hair she said presently half the actresses in town he said it seemed to him natural how should he know said mrs bobby contemptuously and why on earth should she choose a place like brooklyn i don't think she ever went there in her life she seems said bobby gently to have done a great many things that you didn't think of eleanor and again his wife fell silent have they any other evidence she asked after thinking a moment or what they call evidence i might as well know the worst they have her letters which were found among halleck's papers she told him to burn them but he didn't they were signed e v v one of them was about her engagement to gerard it seemed he had threatened her and she offered him money to keep him quiet the other was just a line asking him to meet her in the park 
It's evident that she was afraid of him and had to keep him supplied with funds She sold all her jewelry they say to do it ah her jewelry Mrs. Bobby drew a long breath That is what she did with it then she remarked involuntarily Bobby turned to her sharply you notice then he said that she didn't have it of course there were her pearls which she never wore last summer the watch i gave her too i used to feel hurt that she never carried it but i never suspected oh what a fool i was what a fool and i who thought myself so clever in bringing about a match between her and julian she stopped and suddenly burst into tears i made a nice failure of it all didn't i she said then in a moment her mood changed and she turned upon bobby indignantly why didn't you tell me all this before i didn't want to tell you said bobby slowly a moment sooner than was necessary personally i don't see the use of having all this exploited as a matter of fact i'd pay a good deal to have it kept quiet partly for your sake and partly because well i like elizabeth she may not have behaved well, but I don't think she deserves to be made conspicuous in this way I don't mind confessing that I've done what I could to arrest the zeal of the police But I'm sorry to say without success You don't mean she said incredulously that they refused money Well the new district attorney is very zealous Bobby explained and between ourselves i think he wants the eclat of a sensational case to put a young society woman in prison against the efforts of all her friends shows roman stoicism or so he thinks but you don't believe said his wife piteously you don't think it could come to that bobby to prison he said i don't know eleanor upon my word i don't know and he began again thoughtfully to pace up and down what did gerard say he asked presently when he wrote to you before he sailed it was just a hurried note hard to make out he said the engagement was broken by her of course he'd say that what did she tell you that it was his wish but he was not to blame and she would tell me more some other time she looked so unutterably wretched that i couldn't ask any questions just then ah said bobby softly I don't believe poor child that it was her doing Eleanor if it was Julian's she said he must have had some good reason and with that they both fell into thoughtful silence I don't see was her next objection uttered musingly I don't see how they ever thought of Elizabeth in the first place it seems such a wildly improbable idea it certainly does Bobby agreed then Elizabeth poor child as it happens rather put the idea into their heads herself It seems that she went into the studio the day after the poisoning and insisted upon seeing him She said she was his wife Dolteville saw her I believe but he said nothing about it It was the elevator man who told the story he took her up and he heard Dolteville call her by her name He says that Dolteville took her into the studio and when she came out she was crying and the man vows he heard her say i didn't do it don't think i did it or something of the kind why i never broke in mrs bobby heard anything so extraordinary 
the man must have been drinking it's impossible that elizabeth could have done such a thing why it was that day that day she paused and thought that day after the murder she continued triumphantly i remember distinctly going to see her in the afternoon and she was ill in bed with grippe and her temperature very high i can believe that said bobby rather grimly after what she went through in the morning for i'm afraid there's not much doubt eleanor that it's true one of the detectives too saw her pass through the hall and i don't think that dotville denies it they want him to testify at the inquest but so far they can't get him to say one thing or another he would deny it of course if it were false said mrs bobby in a low voice her husband bent his head well she said rallying after all i don't see anything in that it would be pretty stupid if she were really guilty to defend herself before she was accused no one but a fool would have done that and the person who sent that poison couldn't have been a fool and she wouldn't have gone near the studio that's the last thing the real culprit would have done that's what i say said bobby it doesn't seem on the face of it the act of a guilty woman but they have some theory of hysterical remorse and there is other evidence i haven't heard which fits into that they say that when she heard that it had really happened she lost her head completely there have been such cases you know oh and then another thing they're comparing the handwriting on the package with the letters the letters broke in mrs bobby anxiously yes that i told you of you remember written to him they've got experts examining them now ah well if the experts have got hold of the case said mrs bobby resignedly we might as well give up hope they'd swear away any person's life to prove a theory well at least said bobby it's the life of a young and beautiful girl that really seemed to me when i heard all this the only hope even handwriting experts are human but his wife only sighed despairingly i think she said after a while i must go to elizabeth i haven't seen her for several days and she mustn't think that her friends are giving her up you won't tell her anything asked bobby anxiously do you think she doesn't know she would be the last person in the natural order of events to hear of it then i shall say nothing said his wife after a moment's reflection you wouldn't would you she added as she caught an odd look in her husband's eyes i i don't know bobby seemed to reflect if if she were to go abroad just now he said doubtfully it might not be a bad plan bobby mr van antwerp's wife faced him indignantly you wouldn't have her run away from all this you wouldn't have her frightened by anything those people can threaten eleanor van antwerp's dark eyes sparkled she held her head proudly her husband looked at her half in doubt half in admiration you would face it yes if it cost me my life the look of admiration on bobby's face brightened and then faded to despondency oh well you are right theoretically of course but would elizabeth do you think have the same courage or if she had could you knowing what you do take the responsibility of allowing her to face it this was the doubt the horrible doubt which troubled mrs bobby as she drove to elizabeth's home and at the thought of it her heart failed her 
her husband had judged her rightly she could be braver for herself than for others would it not be better after all to suggest to the mrs van vorst the desirability of a trip abroad she looked thoughtfully out of the carriage window it was a bleak february day and people in the street had their coat collars turned up against the chill east wind the climate of new york at this time is detestable a change would do anyone good she would go herself to the riviera and take elizabeth with her mrs bobby had hardly reached this conclusion before the carriage stopped in front of the quiet apartment house in irving place where the van vorsts were spending the winter it was an old-fashioned house with an air of sober respectability that seemed to make such wild thoughts as filled mrs bobby's brain peculiarly strained and improbable like the hallucinations of a fevered brain it was a shock keyed up as she was to the tragic point to enter the peaceful little drawing-room with its bright coal fire and general air of comfort and to find elizabeth prosaically engaged in looking over visiting cards and invitations and yet mrs bobby was shocked by the change in her appearance which every day made more apparent her face was haggard there was a deep purple flush in her cheeks her lips were dry and feverish there was an odd strained look in her eyes the hand she held out to her visitor burned like fire i'm so glad you came in she said with a wan smile i've been looking over these stupid things and my head aches you see i've neglected my social duties shamefully not sending cards or even i'm afraid answering some of my invitations people must think me horribly rude oh they know you've been ill mrs bobby answered vaguely she sat down all the wind taken out of her sails and stared wonderingly at elizabeth how could she how could she look over visiting cards and talk about invitations with this terrible danger hanging over her head was it possible that she had no suspicions and yet did not her eyes betray her but mrs bobby could not think of any way of introducing the subject of which her mind and heart were full and there was silence till elizabeth spoke again it's odd isn't it she said languidly that mrs lansdowne hasn't asked me to her ball have you cards for it i i believe so well she has left me out said elizabeth mrs bobby started and looked at her with some interest i suppose she thinks elizabeth went on i'm i'm not much of an addition just now i certainly am not to look at she laughed a little in a feeble way of course i shouldn't go she added but it isn't nice to be left out perhaps it's a mistake suggested mrs bobby not very impressively she was quite convinced to the contrary perhaps elizabeth acquiesced but if so several other people have done the same thing the van aldens never asked me to their dance and i haven't had an invitation to a dinner for weeks people forget one quickly in new york don't they and she made another painful attempt at a laugh i suppose said mrs bobby they think you don't want to go i don't said elizabeth but they might at least give me the opportunity of refusing and then there was a pause in the midst of which miss joanna entered oh mrs van antwerp she said how glad i am to see you 
do tell elizabeth that she ought to be in bed you can see for yourself she has a fever it is the grief of course she has never really got over it yes said mrs bobby looking doubtfully at elizabeth it is the grief of course the grief is a convenient disease said elizabeth in a low tone it means so many things she took up a sheet of paper and began to write hastily it does me good she said to employ myself and i can't stay in bed it drives me wild miss joanna as if weary of expostulation moved to the window yes i declare she announced in the tone of one who makes a not unexpected discovery there are those men again every time i look out one or other of them seems to be watching the house watching the house repeated mrs bobby startled yes that's what it looks like at least and the other day when i went out one of them stared at me so most impertinent i declare if it goes on we shall have to make a complaint and one of them followed elizabeth didn't he my dear i thought he did said elizabeth indifferently but i didn't notice much i have thought several times lately that there were people following me perhaps it is because my head feels so queer what do the men look like asked mrs bobby oh quite respectable said miss joanna they don't look like beggars certainly cornelia thought they looked rather like detectives she said they made her feel nervous but that of course is quite ridiculous quite ridiculous echoed mrs bobby to herself she was saying ah that trip abroad eleanor has an invitation for mrs lansdowne's ball auntie said elizabeth suddenly changing the subject which did not seem to interest her by the introduction of one that evidently rankled in her mind she thinks it odd that i wasn't asked i told you she went on with a bitter smile that people are giving me up since my engagement was broken off but that is nonsense remonstrated miss joanna in distress tell her she said turning pleadingly to mrs bobby that it isn't so mrs bobby started up and took elizabeth's hand i don't know she said speaking with strange earnestness who gives you up elizabeth dear and i don't care i never will remember that dear child i will stand by you whatever happens and then as if conscious of having said too much or fearful perhaps of saying more mrs bobby swept hastily from the room leaving her hearers petrified miss joanna was the first to speak how very strange she was she said in a low voice what what do you think she meant elizabeth was staring vacantly at the door but at her aunt's words she turned i don't know she said what she meant but one thing i understand that my social career is ended with a little pale smile she swept aside the cards of invitation locked them into a drawer and left the room end of chapter thirty